Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Ephesians chapter 5. And um, we're in this study, like I said, called, called uh, Ephesians, studying the book of Ephesians. And um, we're not studying line for line. We're not studying word for word, uh, but we're taking chapter by chapter, and we're just getting big ideas out of uh, these chapters. Tonight, we're actually going to look at an entire chapter, kind of. We're going to kind of like hopscotch our way through the ch- uh, chapter five and look at kind of what the chapter says holistically. Uh, but let me remind you, in case you forgot, uh, let's do a little trivia from last week. I told you I was going to test you. Uh, Ephesians is split up into how many parts, somebody? Two parts. Okay. Can anybody tell me what the first part of Ephesians is all about? Chapters one through three. Caitlin. Is it uh, identity? identity in Christ. Yeah. So the book of Ephesians, Paul writes pretty much with this mind blowing revelation that the church is powerful. Like the church is not just a gathering, but God actually wants to use the local church in a powerful way to be the expression of God on the earth and also to like overthrow all the evil works of the end. Like the church is powerful. And, and one scholar says this, I've said it every week because I love it, that Paul understood that before you can go to war, because we're in a spiritual battle, remember that we talked about that, before you can like go to war and do something for God, you have to learn how to walk. But before you learn how to walk, you have to learn how to stand. And so the whole first half of Ephesians, chapters one through three, it's all about your identity in Christ. Who are you in God? Who are you and I because of what Jesus has done? The second half, so, someone tell me what the second half's about. Come on, someone. Come on, scholars, Bible scholars that have been paying attention and taking notes. Yes. Yes. A thousand points plus bonus points for Nora. Yes. Uh, it's a lot of points, right? Um, yeah, the second half, it, it's all about the Christian practice. So, so like how you live, how you walk. Can I tell you, it's kind of going to be the theme of what we talk about tonight, that your life matters. Did you know that? That your life actually matters. There's a scripture and um, I, I don't believe it. As a matter of fact, it is in the notes. I'll, I'll save it for when we get there. But just know that we're going to get to it. There's a scripture in Romans that the Apostle Paul, he actually says this. God's given you grace. Someone say grace. grace. So grace is the unearned, undeserved, unmerited love, blessing, favor, benefit of God freely poured out on us because of what Jesus has done. So like I've heard someone describe it this way. Grace is everything you don't deserve but you get it anyways just because of what Jesus has done. That's grace. Mercy is when you don't get what you do deserve. Like, have you ever deserved a consequence or a punishment? Like, remember when you were younger and you got spanked? I don't know if you grew up in a household with spankings. We grew up with whoopings. And um, I can remember times where I deserved a punishment, but my parents were, were merciful. And so I didn't get what I did deserve. That's mercy. And God's full of mercy, right? Like God doesn't give us what we deserve. No, God's merciful. But grace, someone say grace. Grace, grace is everything you don't deserve. All the blessings and benefit and love and favor of God that freely gets poured upon us simply because of what Jesus has done in our faith in him. Now, we're going to kind of get into this tonight, but so many people, they think grace is just a get out of jail free card. 
Like they think grace is like the end of school where all you do is watch movies because the teachers are out of stuff to talk about. Like, is this anybody right now? My kids every day, I'm like, hey, so what did you do in school today? We watched PJ Masks. You did what? <laughs> like this, why are we still going if we're out of stuff to do? But they think grace is like, yeah, just get out of jail free card. But we're going to read it in a minute. Romans chapter one, Paul actually goes, do you know that we've been given grace? Again, someone say grace. grace. We've been given grace for the purpose of obedience to the faith. Grace is not a get out of jail free card. Grace is the empowerment that we have to now live the life that Jesus has asked us to live. We're going to talk tonight from Ephesians chapter 5 about living the life that God has called us to live. And if you're taking notes, write this down. The title of my sermon, it's a good title. I like my title tonight. It's simply this, let's get serious. Let's get serious. Look, look at your neighbor and, and give him like a real serious kind of like ugly face and just say, you need to get serious. You, you, c- come on, full, full participation. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to get serious. You need to get serious. Um, do you know anybody, by show of hands, you know anybody that they don't take anything seriously? You know this person? There's Caleb's like, that's me. That's like, you know the person that everything's a joke? everything's casual, everything's sarcastic. Like we got people pointing at each other like this person right here. Like you need, bring them up right now and pray for them. They need deliverance from their lack of seriousness. But like, like we, we, we all know those people. And to be honest, I can be that person. Um, joking, laughter, sarcasm, and procrastination. Those are like the remedies to all of my problems if I'm not like being led by, by Jesus. Like I, I'm prone to not take things seriously. Do, do you remember things? I know you're still growing up, but are there things that your parents say to you all the time or have said to you? W- one of the ones for me is my dad used to always say this, Brandon, I like Caleb's my son for a second, since apparently he's not serious about anything. He's like, that's me. Uh, my, my dad would be like, son, there's a time and a place. And this is neither the time nor the place. Like I'm a pastor's kid. So church was just like normal to me. And so I was always doing stuff at church in church, not appropriate. Like, like I, 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 I don't know why I did this to this day, but there was this guy, his name was Daniel. And um, we were friends, but not really that close of friends. He was probably like 16 and I was like 12. I, was, I, just, I just got in youth group. And um, this was like a thing when I was younger, which is a long time ago. But do people still like sag their pants? You know what I'm talking about? Like, like where they wear their pants like below their behind. It's like, bro, you need a belt. Um, but like he, he always had his pants sagged. He's kind of, you know, he, he's like a, like a gangster kind of. Um, matter of fact, I, I thought, I grew up in a really rough part for a long time of East, East Los Angeles. And he probably wasn't a gang, to be honest. Um, but I'm like, I'm like, yo, watch this, watch this. And I ran up behind him. Keep in mind, we had a very, shouldn't say very, we had a large youth group, probably two, 300 kids in our youth group. And, um, and I'm like, yo, watch this, watch this. And I ran up behind Daniel and I just, <laughs> I pants him in the middle of church. He's just standing like nothing but his underwear. Like, I got in so much trouble. I can hear my dad, Brandon, there is a time and a place. As a matter of fact, there's probably never a time and a place for doing that. Don't do, but like, there's a time to, to be goofy, right? Like, there's a time to be casual. There's a time to just be joking around. Like, my daughter plays baseball right now. She's seven years old. It's not serious. 
parents that are taking it, it's like, bro, cool out. We get it. You didn't make it to the major leagues. You're living vicariously through your seven-year-old. We get it. But cool, cool it. It's, it's casual. But there's other things in life. They actually, they, they are serious. There's other things in life that actually we should be serious and we should have a so, so, sobriety uh, about ourselves as we're thinking about them. And those things, when, when we don't pay attention to them, they're usually, uh, there's usually consequences. Like, for example, something I think is very serious. And I know tonight uh, I'm speaking uh, mainly to the, Cauc- the Caucasian persuasion. And so I know we're all going to relate tonight, especially Kimberly. Me and Kimberly will re- relate on this. Um, but sunburns are very serious, people. Like anybody you are prone to sunburning, like, yeah, there's all my people right here. Anybody, the people that make me so jealous, you just get tan. Like you, you walk outside and it's like, wow, you are seven shades darker. I'll never look like that. Like that's, sunburns are serious. My, I've told you the story before, but when I got engaged, I went to, to the beach with my wife's family. It's like her favorite place in the world. I'm like, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna propose at her favorite place. And so I was gonna propose that night. First day there, then propose that night. That day I got so sunburned. Have you ever thought you were tan, but it was just a sunburn? Like, okay, I, I, this is a true story. I came in and I'm like, whoa, Denzel Washington, my goodness. Like, I got tan today. And so we went to a restaurant. This is a true story. And I'm sitting there. And, and, and we're waiting on the food, and I'm like, it's hot in here. It's hot in here, isn't it? And I go to the bathroom, and I, I take my entire shirt off, because I'm like, what is, I pull my shirt off, and all of a sudden in the mirror, I see, like, the color of Adam's shirt, the, the color of my birthday shoes that I got for my birthday. It's just, it's just red. I was, sunburns are serious, man. And so, like, I'm very, like, I'm an old dad now, obviously. I'm very serious about the suntan lotion. Like, it's, it's not to be played with. Sunburns are serious, and I'm being kind of playful, but how many of there are things in life that if you're not serious about them, there actually are consequences. The reason I titled my, my sermon, um, <clears throat> Let's Get Serious, is because I, I think that this could apply to every single person in the room. Now, if you're offended by this, or you're like, it doesn't apply to me, cool, then just brush it off and move on. But I think all of us, we could probably be a little more serious about our relationship with God. We, we live in the, in the era of casual Christianity. And, and we, we may not want to admit it, but we, we as a whole, we are very casual when it comes to relationship with God. Why? Because we think grace is just a big get out of jail free card. We think, sweet, this deal's so awesome. Like I get to be blessed and have all this amazing, cool stuff that I need and like pray and believe God that he's gonna like do stuff for me and I get to go to heaven and not have to go to hell and I don't have to do anything. Because at camp four years ago, I raised my hand and I gave my life to Jesus and so I'm I'm good now. But that's actually, that's not the gospel. It's not. You could actually go read a book uh, called James and, and the book of James pr- primarily speaks to the issue of, 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 uh, of, of works or obedience. And here's what James says. James goes, um, faith, someone say faith. Okay, pause real quick. How many of you by a show of hands, you would say you have faith or you believe 
in God and that Jesus is not only the son of God, but he, he's our savior. Show hands. Okay. So this like almost everybody. Okay. So James goes, faith without works is dead. It's a corpse on, on the floor. It's a lifeless corpse that has no use on the floor. Faith without works or faith without obedience is dead. Now, let me, let me give me a second because I, I want you to get this. Um, we, we also live because we live in, in the era of casual Christianity where, where we love the word. Maybe you wouldn't say it this way, but we love the idea of like obedience is legalism. That's legalistic, man. And and let me just explain to you what legalism is so you can get a good definition. Legalism is having to earn or deserve God's love and your relationship with him. That's legalism. That's the law. The, The law, the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, the law said you do all these things perfectly. Don't screw it up, man. And then God will be pleased with you He'll be happy, he'll love you, and you'll be in a relationship with him. That's, that, that, that's legalism. Can I tell you that obedience is not legalistic? There is nothing we will ever do to separate ourselves from God's love. There's nothing you can ever do, and I'll qualify this, but to, to separate yourself from, from right relationship with God. No, Jesus fulfilled all the law, And so because of what he has done, we're accepted, we're loved, and we're in right relationship with God. Someone say amen. Amen. But it doesn't mean that obedience isn't something that we need to talk about. And and that's why I titled my my sermon today, like it's, it's, it's time to get serious or let's get serious because I think as a whole, we could be way more serious about relationship with God. And, and, and I'll, I'll get into the points here in one second, but I, I think that if we're not careful, we'll forget that an area like, like relationship with God, if we are not serious about it, it actually does come with extreme consequences. Let, let, let me give you three consequences and then we're gonna jump into the points tonight. Let me give you three consequences. Number one, um, a really difficult, painful, hard life. The Bible says this, there's a way that seems right to a man. Bro, this, like, this, is, the, this, this, this is the thing right here. But in the end, it leads to death. That's, that's the Bible. And, and the Bible says the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come that we may have life. Jesus offers us life. Abundant, blessed, fulfilled, satisfied, peaceful, secure life in him. Did, did you know that with, with Jesus, there is no fear? Because the Bible says perfect love cast out fear. And, and here's what we know that when we are under, someone say under, when we're under his covering, it doesn't matter what is coming, we're, we're covered. Psalm 91 says, he who dwells in the secret place, in the shadow of the most high, is covered. And though a thousand may fall at their right and 10,000 at their left, it won't ever even come close to them because they're covered. So consequence number one is just really painful, difficult, tough, frustrating, disappointing life. And by the way, I know so many Christians, that's how they live. 
And it's not because God doesn't love them. It's not because God isn't madly like for them. It's because they, well, they, they've just chosen to, to, to not actually listen and obey because I got, I, I, got a, I got a better way. There is no better way. Consequence number two, um, and this is like a whole theological thing. So just like take it for what it's worth. But consequence number two, um, it could possibly be eternity separated from God. And, and this is where it's like, I'm trying to qualify. There's nothing we can do to separate ourselves from right relationship with God. And what I mean by that is that like our relationship with God isn't based on performance or good work. Someone said, amen. But someone say, but. But faith is proven by living. If I said, everybody, the building's on fire. We're all going to die. And Mr. K, uh, casual Caleb over here was like, all right, man, cool, bro, cool. You guys, like everyone's running. And you're like, cool, man, go for it. Caleb, do you, do you want to die? No, I don't want to die, man. I love my life. Why aren't you moving? I'm, do, do you believe me? The building's on fire. We're all going to die. I mean, like, yeah, for sure, man, I believe you then why aren't you moving? See, faith is always verified by living. Yeah. And, and there's, there's this weird scripture and theologians and scholars have all these different debates, but I, I just think it's a sobering scripture that Jesus says in that day, many people will be like, I can't, I can't believe we made it. And, and he'll go um, with sorrow in his heart, depart from me. I never knew you. And you know what he says? He says, worker of iniquity. In other words, hey, I, I know. And, and he actually goes, they're going to be like, bro, we were in church. We were serving. We were giving money to the poor. Like we, like we, we, we were on the worship team. We were, and he'll go, yeah, but none of that stuff is, is what brought you into right relationship. It was faith in me as Lord and Savior. And you did all the stuff, but you never actually put your faith and your trust in me. Yeah, you wanted me to be your savior, but you were your own Lord. R Romans 10, this whole salvation, like one confesses with their mouth and believes in their heart of salvation. It's they confess Jesus as Lord. Go, go verify. Romans 10 doesn't say a savior. It doesn't say they confess Jesus as their fireproof suit from eternity in, in, in hell. No, it says they confess Jesus as Lord. Lord means boss. Lord means, Lord means you call the shots, not me. And Jesus goes, in that day, many people are going to be like, but Jesus, I went to camp and I was in church a lot. But, but we never had a relationship be, because you, you wanted the benefits, but you never put your faith and trust in me as Lord. Here's the third one. This applies to every one of us. Did you know that you will stand in a real way? Like, pause real quick. Eyes and ears right here. Like, let it soak in. Did you know you will stand in a real way before Jesus face-to-face -face and give an account for your post-conversion life? We will not stand before Jesus and give an account for our pre-conversion or our pre-saved life. No, all that's being covered. Someone said amen. It's covered. Like all my sins are forgiven, but I will stand before him and give an account for my post-conversion life. Hey, so 
So you, you're saved. But what did you do with all the things that I gave you? How, how, and, and we'll stand before him and not being serious in relationship with God, kind of like me not wearing sunscreen, it comes with consequences. It's a hard, painful, difficult, frustrating life. It's, it's the possibility of allowing my heart to become so hard and callous that, that, that Jesus is a distant thing of my past and I actually eternally am separated from him. And, and then it's, it's the fact that I got to stand before him and give an account. And so I'm going to give you quickly. Someone say quickly. In Jesus' name, quickly. I'm going to give you five things from Ephesians chapter 5 tonight that the Apostle Paul says. Number one, write this down. Uh, we got to remember this, that Jesus is the standard. Jesus is the standard. The Bible says this, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, reading from the screen. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Notice what Paul said. We are imitators of who? We're imitators of who? God. God, we're imitators of God. The Bible says that we are supposed to be imitators following the example and looking unto God. Well, well, I, how, how do I know what that looks like? The Bible says in John chapter one that Jesus, he is God made manifest. That he did not just come to save, but Jesus came to give us an example, a pattern of living. And let me just tell you tonight, you, you and I, we gotta get back to realizing Jesus is the standard. Can I tell you that culture is not the standard? Your parents are not the standard? Your friend group is not the standard. Social media is not the standard. The standard of our living is Jesus. Well, I, 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 that's impossible, Brandon. Like, like really? Like, be, be like Jesus? It's not impossible. It's not. Romans chapter 1, verse 5, it's where I asked you to turn, or I said we we're going to come to. Uh, Paul says this, Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them so they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. This is the apostle Paul, the author, the, the uh, leading theologian and thinker on grace and salvation, not by works, but his finished work. And he goes, hey, God's given us this message to go and tell everyone so that they will believe and obey. The, the, the New King James Version says we've been given grace for obedience. Did you know that it's the grace of God and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that gives us the ability to obey him? We, we got to keep moving because we, we got lots to talk about. But let me just say it again. We got to remember Jesus is the standard. We got to raise our standard of living and say, my standard is no longer what I think is okay or acceptable. My standard is not so. My standard is him. He is my example and he is the one who I am walking and trying to imitate. How, how did he love people? How, how, how did he keep himself pure? How did he think? How did he prioritize? Jesus, you are the standard. Someone said amen. amen. Number two, write this down. That purity is a priority. Now, I'm, I'm going to read you a little bit of scripture because I want you to hear it from the apostle Paul, not from me. And so I'm going to read you Ephesians 5 verses 3 all the way through 12. Probably we may stop short for time, but listen to what the apostle Paul says. It says, let there be no, someone say no. no. Let there be no sexual immorality. Pause real quick. 
we're not going to get into all the specifics. You say sex and everyone's like, <laughs> like the people that were like, I'm not even paying attention. Se- sex. What did he say? What's he talking about? Um, we're not going to get into all the specifics, but let me just like contextualize real quick. Jesus said, if you look at a woman or if you're a woman, you look at a man with lust in your heart, you've committed adultery. So let's just clarify real quick. Sexual immorality is not talking specifically or, or immediately about things you do or do not do. It's a heart issue. It's, it's a lust issue in your heart. It is a compromise of what you allow your eyes to see. It's a compromise of what you are scrolling on your Instagram feed. It's a compromise of how you think about and look at that person. It's, it starts in the heart. And the Bible goes, let there be no sexual immorality or impurity or greed among you. Listen to this talking to us. Such sins have no place among God's people. Verse four, you can continue. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater and worshiping the things of this world. You can just keep on, keep on moving. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. I, I, I love that he put that part on because he's like, hey, hey guys, purity is a priority. Like, please let there be no sexual morality, like no greed, like no, like no dumb jokes. Like, it's just, like we, we gotta be pure before God. And I love that he put, puts in there. And by the way, don't let foolish people convince you it's not a big deal. Do, do, do you know who the, the most foolish people are sometimes? They're church people. You, you, you know what I found? And I know that I'm speaking to my people tonight because I know so many of you were raised in church. Do you know who I found are some of the worst disciples sometimes? People that have been raised in church their whole life because they're so spiritually minded. They somehow think because they, they know so much and have so much experience and because they were raised in church, they're somehow excused from actually doing and obeying what Jesus commands. And I know so many church, like, ah, oh, it's not a big deal. Okay, come on, Pastor Brown, that's legalistic. I, I remember being, being in high school and, and having friends that are like, that's not a big deal. I mean, like, come on. It's, he goes, don't let people try to excuse these sins and get fooled. No, God's actually serious about this. Verse seven, and we'll only read a couple more. Uh, don't participate in these things with, with these people. Verse eight, for once you were all full of darkness, but now you have a light from God. So live as people of the light. We'll just pause right there. You, you can go, we're studying Ephesians. You can read verses three all the way through verse 12. Paul just keeps going. But the point is him saying purity is a priority. Jesus is our standard. And living pure before God, it's a priority. Why is it a priority? Well, because remember, sin destroys and perversity, and, and, and evil, and things that are crude, it destroys us from the inside out. Not only that, but how many of you know that the Bible says we're the temple of the Holy Spirit? Have you ever had someone unexpectedly come to your house, and when they unexpectedly come over, your mom goes crazy trying to clean? 
Well, hi, hi, Sue. What? F- 15 minutes? Absolutely. We'd love to have you come over and stop by. Yeah, just anytime. Stop. And all of a sudden, it's like, everyone, kids, cleaning mode. Be- because the house is dirty and someone's coming over and I'm like, this is, this is not except. Do you know why things get so emotional sometimes at things like summer camp? Because you got, got a lot of people with dirty houses being like, oh my gosh, 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 oh my gosh. Um, um, like, God, I want you to, I want your presence. Genuinely, God, I want you to come. And, but we, we've just forgotten that we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And this house, this vessel is supposed to stay clean all the time. We're supposed to make purity and cleaning our insides, saying, God, I don't want anything that's not of you to be in. It's supposed to be our priority. And Paul goes, don't you let foolish people talk you out of what priorities are in God's eyes. That's purity. Be imitators of God. Is God pure? Is God holy? Is there any wickedness or impurity or or perversing him? No, there is not. And therefore, God, because you are my standard, I'm an imitator of you. Purity becomes my priority. Number three, write this down. Every day should count. Every day should count. Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 17, here's what the Apostle Paul says. He says, so be careful now how you live. Don't live like fools. Lead your neighbor and say, you a fool. Look back and be like, no, you the fool. Like, no, you the fool, man. He says, "Don't, don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. I don't know about you, but I want to live a wise life. I don't know about you, but I, I want to be a man of wisdom. I want to live wise before God. The Bible says, verse 16, he continues, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Verse 17, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand. Someone say understand. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. Every day should count. Do you know what I believe one of the Number one things we will, we will give an account for before Jesus in our post-conversion life, it's how we stewarded our time. I, I, I really believe that. Because we have been giving minutes and hours, and days and weeks and months and years, and we're supposed to be living for nothing else but saying, Jesus, I, I want to see your kingdom move forward. I want to see people who are lost and far from you get saved. Jesus, I want to help people around me to know you and grow closer to you. Jesus, I want to use what you've given me to build your house. I believe we will give an account mostly for the time that we stewarded well or squandered poorly. And Paul goes, hey, uh, another thing real quick. Um, Don't be foolish. Don't, Don't be foolish. Be be wise. How do I be wise? Well, it starts here. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what it is. God, God, what is your will? The Bible says in 1 Timothy, I believe, the will of the Lord is that uh, all souls would be saved. God, it's your will that every single person on the planet comes to the saving knowledge of you as Lord as Savior, and spends eternity with you. God, I'm going to feel so stupid. I'm going to feel so foolish. I'm going to feel so dumb. 
If I squander all my time just trying to build my life and build my kingdom and, and chase after things, and I get to heaven one day and realize that none of it mattered, none of it mattered. The only thing that mattered was people, and you were trying to use me. And Paul goes, make, the mo- like, make, make every day count. Number four, write this down. This one I've been excited to, to, to get to. But recognize that the, the real of being filled beats self-medication. The real of being filled beats self-medication. Um, look at this verse, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. And look at what it says. It says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. All right, let me just pause real quick and let me, let me talk about a couple of verses that I think sound ridiculous on this side of the Holy Spirit. Um, you, you, you ever read the Bible and you go like, that verse is impossible actually, and it's stupid. I'm almost offended because it's so unrealistic. You, you ever, like, what about this one? Uh, Philippians 4, 4, 6 through 7. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious and worried about, n- be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your quest be made known to God and allow the peace of God to guard your heart. You're right. Okay. Be worried about nothing like for 30 seconds and then I'm going to think about life and be like, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed. I'm worried about everything. Well, what about a verse? I can't think of the, of, of the uh, where it's at. But Paul goes, you know, even though things are getting worse around me, like my outward man's perishing, I'm in prison. Things are going really bad. Like, yep, still bad. Still no bueno. Ooh. Disgusting. Um, yeah, it's like it's, it's not going well. He said, even though things are, are not going well, my inward man is being renewed day by day. Paul goes, it's the weirdest thing. Life is getting worse and I'm getting better. Things are getting more difficult and I have more peace. Things are more challenging and I'm more full of hope and faith. And how? It, it's because of the filling or the help of the Holy Spirit. And, and listen to what Paul says because he's, he is, but he's not talking about wine. He's not just talking about alcohol. What, what he's saying is don't get intoxicated. Don't, don't, don't move to a different state of mind that you can numb the pain and, 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 and put away the distraction and, and, and numb what's going on. Don't do that. He said, because it'll ruin your life. Did you know that you can escape life in a lot of different ways? Like alcohol, drugs, that, that's one thing. But like we, we do so many things. Like, could I just tell myself, do you know one of the things that I've realized that I'm doing way more than I should? Yeah, I don't know. What are you doing? Oh, you know, just catching up with all the people that I don't know. You know, just checking in on all the people that I really will never meet and never talk to and they don't care about me and I shouldn't care about you. Yeah, just, just check. We self-medicate with so many things. Like we, we self-medicate by binging on YouTube and video games. We self-medicate by binging on music, hobbies. We self-medicate by throwing ourselves into things because I just need something to numb the pain and help me to escape and just find 
find rest. But here's what the Bible goes. The Bible goes, no, don't do that actually because it only makes things worse. First of all, it doesn't last. Like this is not a clinic on alcohol, but like you get drunked, it doesn't last, right? Like it eventually wears off. So it doesn't last, but then you get drunked, you do stupid things. Like self-medicating, it does nothing for us. And listen, I'm, I'm not talking about doing things that the doctor's asking you to do. I'm talking about things that we go, I, I, I need this. I crave this. I'm, I'm giving myself because it, it takes me to another place where I don't have to think about and deal with and face and be honest with myself and what's happening in here. Paul goes, don't, don't do that. I would like to say this verse is actually not about alcohol at all. Fast forward the tape 2022, it's about all the things that we use to drown out the noise. It's, it's about the AirPods of our life. I just, I don't know. And it doesn't last, it fades away. But then in the meantime, we normally don't get better. We normally just are in a downward spiral. He says, don't do that, don't do that. Instead, be filled. Someone say filled. Now, this word, I got I to tell you about it real quick. This word filled, the New King James Version, says it a little bit differently. It says, be being filled. But this word, it actually, it's a continual thing. So how many of you know when you drive your car, what does it run out of that you got to put more in? Gasoline. I just paid $3,000 to get gas last week. It's like $3,000 for one tank. That was awesome. Sorry, kids, you can't go to college. We got to make it to the grocery store. Um, but like it runs out of gas, you put more in, right? When it comes to the baptism or the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, it is a one-time baptism, but a daily filling. You know where we miss it? Yeah, man, I got baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit at camp that one time. It was awesome. But now it's not. Yeah, because we have to daily be filled. You know what Paul's saying? Paul's going, um, the, the real of being filled with the Spirit, every day saying, God, fill me today freshly. God, fill me freshly. Oh, God, this is, this is difficult. This is tough. I don't know how, how, but I don't know how to navigate. I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'm coming to you. Holy Spirit, freshly fill me. Holy Spirit, would you, would, would you right now, would you give me the wisdom I need? I'm not gonna be anxious. I'm gonna go to you. And when we get filled with the Holy Spirit, it's the real. Like real quick, and then I'll bump to our next point, our last point. But do, do you know what perversity is? All perversity is, is a twisted view on something. It's, it's the real perverted or twisted in, into a counterfeit. What Paul is saying is getting drunk with wine's a counterfeit. The, the enemy's taking something that, like, this is totally not the sermon, but just indulge me for a second. Do you know how many descriptives we have in the Bible for the Holy Spirit that describe the Holy Spirit as, as, as one who will literally fill us and intoxicate us and, and change the internal condition of us? Like, kind of like you can drink too much alcohol and all of a sudden it's like you, like it changes you. The Holy Spirit changes you. The Holy Spirit gives you a different mindset, a different perspective. He empowers you and enables you not to do stupid things, but to do right things. We need a fresh filling of the Spirit of God. 
Paul goes, don't, don't, stop doing that. Young man, young, stop, stop. Stop binging on your phone. You're not, you're not helping yourself. Stop and get filled with the spirit of God. I, I will move on or I could talk forever. Number five, last but not least, we'll end right here. But how we steward relationships matter to God. Um, just, just for recap and continuity, our five thoughts tonight is that, okay, my life actually matters. I actually have to be serious about my relationship with God. And my standard, it's, do, do, do you know how many of us, our standard is whatever we can get away with? Our standard is what our parents allow. Our standard is what we think we can get by with and not suffer major consequences. My standard's Jesus. Jesus, you are my standard. Because you're my standard, you're my example, living clean and pure before you. That, that is my priority. And actually, because I'm, I'm following you, I, I should live every day like it counts, like it matters. Understanding what your will is and saying, God, help me to live for that. And actually, I, I got to stop self-medicating and indulging. And no, I, I got to get filled with your spirit and say, God, I don't, need, I don't need the fake thing. I need the real thing. And that's you. And lastly, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, it's the very last verse in this chapter. It's almost kind of like a, like a, oh yeah, P.S. I said that. I don't think it's the last verse in the chapter, actually. I think I, I think I fibbed. Um, yeah, I fibbed. It's not. Um, but, but, it, but, but it's, like, it's like he goes, Ephesians 5.21. You can put that back there, up there. It, it's like he, he goes, 5.21. Oh, yeah. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Jesus. The reason I thought it was the last chapter is because I, I remember after verse 21, he, he then goes into a whole discourse about how husbands and wives should, should, should relate to one another. If, if you want to hate the Bible, read Ephesians 6.1. You know what it says? Children, obey your parents, for this is right in the eyes of the Lord. Oh, Lord, that's not. I'm, anyone got a Sharpie? It's not a, but but, but he, I'm telling you that because he continues on and, and he, he, he starts talking about relationships. Did you know that, that your relationships matter? Like how, how you relate to one another matters. And real quick, we're short on time, but real quick, all eyes and all ears up here. All eyes up, ears up here. Come here. Um, so those who are above me, someone say above. The Bible says that I'm supposed to respect and honor them. Even if they're not honorable, I honor them because I'm honorable. Even if they're not perfect, even if they don't have it all together, I honor them because, because I have a reverence for, for God. So my mom and my dad, my teachers, my coaches, my pastors, my leaders, the people God's placed in my life, there should be an honor and reverence and a respect for those people. What about right here? Just, just eye to eye. We're supposed to treat one another better than we treat ourselves. You know that we're supposed to be serving one another? We're supposed to have like respect and honor and be looking out for each other's best interests. We're supposed to be serving one another. Let's go right let's go lower real quick. All the high school seniors thinking about this, the sixth graders. Those who are younger than us, those who are a step behind us, we're supposed to be helping, 
discipling and pulling along with us, investing into. Can I tell you, relationships matter to God. Ah, it's not a big deal that I make fun of my teacher every day. Maybe not to you, but you're actually going to account for that before God. So cool, go for it. But just remember there's like, I don't know, eternal consequences standing before Jesus and having to be accountable for that. Ah, it doesn't matter, man, that I, I totally badmouth my mom and dad all the time. Ah, it kind of actually does. It doesn't matter that I'm, you know, disrespectful to that. Ah, relationships matter to God. Say this last thing, which probably isn't true, but I think it's my last thing. Heard, heard, heard someone say this, and I thought, that's so brilliant. It's a youth pastor, a friend of mine. He, he said, do, do you know what I tell my students all the time? I said, what's that? Give me something good to tell my students so I can stop saying the same thing. He, he said, I, I always tell them the, the real test of, of your relationship with God. Come on, this is important. Eisenhower's right here. The real test, it's not how you act in church and how you interact with me. Bro, I'm a pastor. I get like old people that are like, Yes, sir. No, sir. Yeah, I, I'm, I haven't been in church in a long time. So, so like, I like I get weird, undue like respect from people. Just because I'm a pastor. I had a guy on Sunday. I said, "Hey, man, how you doing?" He goes, "I'm pastor. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I know I haven't been here in a long time, but just don't worry. The Lord's in my heart." And uh, you know what I told him? I said, "Bro, I appreciate that, but I think he he wants you in his house." <laughs> and I thought that was funny. You uh, he was like, true, 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 true. But the, the test isn't like, it's not here. Everyone knows how to be nice to Pastor Brandon sometimes. Like everyone is like, oh yeah, respectful with, with Pastor Gill. Everyone knows how to, you know, kind of kind of behave when we're in church. He said, I was supposed to the real test is the you that walks in your front door. How you talk to your mom, how you talk to your dad, how you live in the confines of the most comfortable place that you inhabit. That's the real test. Why? Because relationships matter. And God's actually looking not just at the showtime. It's church time, showtime. All right. The church, fast song, slow song, bridge, Bible time, notes, amen, good word. It's not showtime. It's when we go back to everyday life. Just matter before the Lord. And I know I've kind of talked for a long time, but can I just say one more time? Um, we could all be a little more serious about relationship with God. Someone said amen. We could all have a little more sobriety to say, God, it matters. Like, I, I want to live a life that is full of joy and fulfillment and satisfaction. Oh, God, only your ways lead there. God, I want to spend eternity with you, so may my living reflect where I say I believe. And God, I really, really, really want to be able to stand before you and give an account of a life well lived. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.